Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. Here's your Money Briefing for Friday, February 17th. I'm J.R. Whalen for The Wall Street Journal. We often hear the term food insecurity, not having access to sufficient food or enough food to meet basic needs. Food insecurity now affects 15% of U.S. households, and as a result, some states are allowing residents to purchase groceries through their Medicaid program. There can be an impact on health and savings by reducing the medical visits or the need for medication or helping to control serious illnesses by using food to help with conditions. So how does it work? We'll talk to Wall Street Journal reporter Stephanie Armour about the program that some call Food as Medicine. That's after the break. Technology can make the world better. At UST, we're building a future where people everywhere are empowered to live better lives. It's transformation you can feel. And you don't have to do it alone. We believe in the power of technology to transform businesses and build a better world. Nearly 20% of U.S. households with children didn't have access to sufficient food during the pandemic. To address that, the Biden administration has approved requests from several states to use Medicaid to pay for things like groceries, but also nutritional counseling to help families maintain good health. Wall Street Journal reporter Stephanie Armour wrote about the program, and she joins me with more. Hey, Stephanie, thanks very much for being with us. Sure. Thanks for having me. So, Stephanie, how does this work? Does the money for food come from people's existing monthly Medicaid allotment? No, this is actually something that the Biden administration has approved for a number of states now, specifically for their Medicaid programs, which are programs that generally help cover health coverage for people who are lower income or disabled. And how this works is that basically it allows the state to use its Medicaid funds, which are a combination of state and federal funding, to, in some cases, purchase food or nutritional counseling for certain at-risk people in the Medicaid program. Oh, so the state does the purchasing and not the consumer? Generally, in some cases, the state may refer someone to a related program that provides some of the food and produce. In other cases, the state may pay and have what they call medically tailored meals delivered to someone's home if they're a Medicaid enrollee for, say, six months. So it varies in terms of how it works. Each state has kind of their own system that they've set up for this. But by and large, the way it works is that this is taxpayer funds that are used to purchase food on behalf of beneficiaries who are seen at risk of not having enough food or having illnesses that could be affected by not having good, healthy food. So what generally falls under the category of what the program can buy for people? Well, this program is part of broader changes that the states are doing in Medicaid to address what they call social determinants of health that are things that are beyond sort of the traditional doctor's office that affect people's health. For example, in some states that have people who are vulnerable to high heat. They may be able to get an air conditioner, for example. But by and large, the food component, which is one part of this, is really limited to fruits, vegetables, proteins, things that are considered healthy items, but not junk food. Now, why is the Biden administration allowing states to add these items under Medicaid? 
the Biden administration is doing this because there's been a growing body of studies and research that are showing that this often has a return on investment, if you will, in terms of fewer trips to the emergency room, better control of chronic health conditions, and also because the administration has been focused on dealing with what is known as food insecurity, that is, households that don't have access to sufficient or high-quality food. That was about 11% of U.S. households before the pandemic and rose to about 15% post-pandemic. How do the costs break out for this program? There's no specific breakdown for how much would go specifically to food as part of these test models because they also include other things like air conditioners or other types of programs. Although in each case, the federal government has set up a system to try to set up some metrics to find out how effective it is, especially the food part of the program. The idea is to really test whether allowing people access to these benefits pays off in terms of lower health care costs long term. You know, programs like this often take on the name food as medicine. What's the significance of that? That speaks to the research that we increasingly are seeing that is showing that there can be an impact on health and savings by reducing the medical visits or the need for medication or helping to control serious illnesses by using food to help with conditions. For example, someone who is diabetic may be able to get a medically tailored meal to help with their diabetes. Someone with a heart condition may be able to get low-salt meal. So budget-wise, some of the proponents feel like this could actually help governments save money in the long term. Okay, so how does Medicaid differ from Medicare, and how does someone's insurance work into it? Well, Medicare is a federal health insurance program that's generally for people who are 65 and older, whereas Medicaid is a federal and state program that gives health coverage to people who are generally lower income and disabled. These are sort of test programs, if you will, that are being done in three states in Medicaid. There is a push and interest in having this done in Medicare as well. Whether that will happen, I don't know. I know Congress has been looking at it. There's also some interest among private insurers, the commercial market, in getting involved in some of these food as medicine programs. It hasn't taken off to quite the same extent yet in the commercial market, but I think that's kind of why all eyes are on these states now that are trying this with Medicaid to see what happens. Now, you know, Stephanie, the access to food and other items could benefit a lot of people in need, but Medicaid often draws criticism from people who say the program is too big as it is, right? Yeah, that's correct. What you'll hear from some of the critics of this program is sort of feeling like this strays too far from the original intent of Medicaid and feeling like their point is kind of where do you draw the line and what becomes a social determinant of health? Could it be transportation, need for a car? So their argument is that it's too slippery a slope, whereas their proponents say that the studies show that this clearly social needs are very much a part of someone's health as well. This is something that I think has been fairly bipartisan among its support. It's something that some GOP lawmakers have liked, one, because it allows for state control of Medicaid, but also because of the return on investment and the cost savings that some GOP lawmakers believe that they will see as well. That's why you see this in Arkansas as well as Oregon. All right, that's Wall Street Journal reporter Stephanie Armour. Stephanie, thanks again for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. And before we go, a quick programming note. We'll be off on Monday for the President's Day holiday, but we'll be back on Tuesday with a new episode of Your Money Briefing. I'm J.R. Whalen for The Wall Street Journal. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.